It's a game. It's a game. Well, you know it's a podcast, but you also know I love games, and once every three months on this podcast, we turn the podcast into a game. So it's a game. The Market Cap Game Show. And this week, I welcome back the presently greatest player of all time, Aaron Bush. You'll be competing against Aaron and against yourself to score as high as you can, guessing at the market caps the values of 10 different companies, picked nearly at random, but mostly companies you will have heard of, including one of them which was picked exactly 10 years ago today. Are you ready to rumble? It's the Market Cap Game Show this week on Rule Breaker Investing. Thanks to Cabbage for supporting Rule Breaker Investing. Get the money you need to run your small business today. Go to cabbage.com. That's with a K, cabbage.com to get started. Credit lines subject to review and change. Individual requests for capital or separate installment loans issued by Celtic Bank member FDIC. Cabbage with a K.com. And this episode of Rule Breaker Investing is also brought to you by NetSuite, the business management software that handles every aspect of your business in an easy-to-use cloud platform. Download their guide, Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits, today at netsuite.com. It's the Rule Breaker Investing Podcast with Motley Fool co-founder David Gardner. Welcome back to Rule Breaker Investing. Yep, it is that time of the quarter, the final week before the final mailbag of each quarter, March, June, September. If you're an investor, December, you recognize these as the traditional fiscal quarters that many companies report earnings on, March, June, September, December. That's also when we bring out the Market Cap Game Show. But while this is the ninth installment of this game, so if we're doing it four times a year, you can see we're now in our third year of the Market Cap Game Show. While we've done it now for a ninth time today, this is the first time I've ever brought back a returning champion who had the highest score ever achieved thus far for the Market Cap Game Show, Aaron Bush. I'm humbled, David. Thanks for having me. Humbled, and yet I would think it would be the opposite. I mean, wouldn't you be coming in just top of the world, kind of Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods at his peak? Isn't that where you are right now, Aaron? I need to prove that I'm not a, like a one-time wonder. I need to prove <laughs> that I have knowledge of market caps in my bones today. Well, that is really good to hear. So it sounds like you're pretty charged up. Now we do tape these Tuesday afternoons, and so. I think you know, the, not that far removed from the weekend. Aaron, did you spend any part of your weekend looking at market capitalizations of companies? Uh, yes, good. Uh, I did good. somewhat anxiously. <laughs> uh, I will admit. <laughs> now we have a lot of new listeners every quarter as we come back to this game. I'm conscious a fair number of us might be wondering, well, what the heck are they talking about? So I think we need to define our terms. So Aaron, market capitalization. Short phrase, market cap. What is the market capitalization of a company, a stock? Sure. So, the market cap of a company is the size of a company, which means that it's calculated by taking the share price, so the cost per share, times the total number of shares that are out there. And if you multiply those two things together, that gives you the size of the company. You're right. And so, a lot of us are used to seeing price tags on things when we go shopping in a market or an online site. Well, this is just the price tag that you would have to pay to buy an entire company. For example, Etsy, our traditional example, Aaron. Etsy today, the stock is ringing in about $60 a share. 
If you multiply the number of shares outstanding for Etsy that represent all of the shares that exist in the world, those held tightly by insiders who helped start the company, those held by large institutions, and those held by little people like you and me, you take it all together, and then you multiply all those shares times around 60, and what do you roughly get, Aaron? About $7 billion. There you go. And, oh, Aaron got that right. And that's the sound that we play when you and Aaron get it right. Because this is not just David playing the game with Aaron, although it is that. It's you playing the game with us. You, if you like, playing against Aaron. So, I make a point, as we introduce each of the 10 companies we'll be covering this week, of hesitating and pausing briefly, so each of us, especially our tens of thousands, yes, I'm happy to say we do have tens of thousands of listeners at home who are playing the game along with us, I'm going to give you that opportunity, that extra second to think, what's my number, before I give the answer. So, Aaron, just beautifully demonstrated Etsy, our traditional example that we use just about every time in the show, and that's the sound of getting it right. If Aaron had blundered, which, by the way, Aaron, you only blundered once the entire last time we did this. I'm a stone-cold market cap killer, David. What can I say? <laughs> he did get one wrong, and this was the sound that we played if Aaron and you, playing at home, don't get within 20% of the answer. And that's the game that we're playing. There's a band of about one-fifth you can be off higher or lower. So, for example, if Aaron had said the answer was 7, if Aaron had said 6 or 8, that would have been okay, because that's within a 20% band either way. I will always, for each of these, specify what is the acceptable range so you can play along accurately at home. Finally, before we get started, I want to mention, when we play this game, once a quarter, we always ask you to rock the hashtag. It might be hashtag IBeatAaron. On Twitter, a lot of us are on Twitter, and I see you saying, I didn't see a lot of I beat Aaron's last time. I don't think I saw any on the entire internet. There were a fair number of I lost to Aaron's hashtag. I lost Aaron. I'm not sure there are that many I tied Aaron, but that's another hashtag you can use. So play along with us and let us know through social media. And at RBI Podcast, by the way, is our Twitter feed. Aaron, you're on Twitter, aren't you? What are you on Twitter? I am at Aaron Bush 100. Beautiful. And I'm at David G. Fool. So we are somewhat Twitter centric with this podcast, but feel free in any social medium to rock out those hashtags this week, depending on how you do. Now, there is one other sound effect that rarely gets played on this show, but I think I owe it to our listeners, Aaron, to make sure that they know that it's possible this has very occasionally happened to nail the market cap guess right on the number. And if that happens, <laughs> That is the rarely played doink sound. And Aaron, not only did you cause that sound to be played once last time, you caused that sound to be played twice and almost a third time. So you had the first ever double doink episode for June's Market Cap Game Show. I honestly forgot about that. <laughs> Three months was a long time ago, I guess, but I'll, I'll, I'll try to live up to that again. I this mean, time. I don't want I'll you try to feel, my best. I feel like you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself. The last thing I'll say before we start is what's par for the course here? What's a batting average that the av- we'd want the average fool, capital F, the average listener? 
to get. I would say four out of ten is something good to shoot for. So playing along at home, think of that as kind of your your bogey. And Aaron, I even think that's true of you. So if you come in at six out of ten, I hope you won't be heartbroken because that's an incredible score. I'm just trying to make you proud, David. Okay. Well, you did so last time. Just that you showed up here makes me proud, Aaron, because a lot of people would have said, I retire. I'm out. I will never play again. I will have the highest score ever and retire. You didn't do that. It's all for the love of the game. (laughs) And for you, David. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Without further ado, then, let's get started. Aaron, do you cook at all? I cook approximately zero. Maybe not a good start. I, too, cook approximately zero. So, somehow, you and I, at different stages of life, I'm 53, I think you're 24? 24, yep. Yeah, so each of us has somehow found a way to not have to cook, but I assume you're eating on a daily basis. I try my best. No, I do eat on a daily basis. Okay, good. So, regardless of how you're getting those meals, that's not really germane necessarily to this company. But I'm curious, when you do eat, do you appreciate some spice? One or more spices on the things that you eat? It certainly doesn't hurt, David. Okay, so uh, I would say not only does it not hurt, it helps. I think there are a fair number of studies. I'm not the first to be quoting these studies, but I'm regularly hearing that um, spices really help us in different ways. I mean, after all, these have been around since the dawn of creation. Our bodies like certain ones, they make us happy in some cases, they do make us healthier. Uh, Ginseng is like a magic spice, I think. They're out there, Aaron, even if you and I, as non cooks, are largely ignorant. (laughs) Of which ones really work. But I know one thing. I like cinnamon. Do you like cinnamon? Cinnamon is great. What about nutmeg? Sure. Okay, what's your favorite spice? Um, I don't, chocolate's not a spice, right? <laughs> <laughs> pepper. Pepper. You like pepper? Uh, pepper's all right. All right. I, I can't say I know much about spices. Okay, well, I hope you know a little bit more about McCormick and Company, ticker symbol MKC, because McCormick is probably, well, I think of them as the definitive spice company. Now, this is a stock that, for Stock Advisor members, members of Motley Fool Stock Advisor, and if you're not already a member, darn it, you sure should be. Um, but McCormick and Company, I first picked in October of 2014. It was at $61.49. I'm going to tell you ahead of time. It is higher than that. It has been a good stock. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But McCormick, kind of a definitive, I grew up with the brand. You probably grew up with the brand. Did you have a spice cabinet? Can you picture one in your house growing up, Aaron? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Always smelled good. You know, Tip it open. Maybe just eat some paprika just straight from the bottle. But, more germane to this game, Aaron Bush, is the market cap of McCormick and Company. Within 20%, either way, Aaron, what is the market cap of MK? C. Uh, it's a pretty well established business, so I think it's somewhere around 20. I'll go 21 billion. <laughs> <laughs> Doing. He nailed it, right? <laughs> Good start. I'll try not to break your game, David. I, I feel a little bad, but <laughs> this is really great. This is this is super fun. Okay, well that's that's a remarkable way to start the market cap game show. And Aaron, yes. You were exactly right. McCormick tipping the scales today. The stock, as we tape, is at $159.55. That comes out to a market capitalization of $21 billion. So, players at home, if you said anywhere from $17 billion at the low end to $25 billion on the high end, that band, give yourself a big green check mark. You're one for one to start this episode of the Market Cap Game Show. 
So, Aaron, a most fortunate start, but I'm not even going to say a fortuitous start, which would imply chance, because I feel like you're bringing the hard blue glow of potential greatness to this episode of the Market Cap Game Show. I don't think there's necessarily a lot of luck there. I don't think there was much luck in that one either, David, but we'll see what happens in these coming questions. Okay, I see my producer, Rick Engdahl, across the glass indicating maybe we need to narrow the band to uh, to make this game a little harder. But while, Aaron, you might be super good at this game, and I would hope you would be because you're an analyst here at The Motley Fool, I, I don't want to make it inaccessible to the average listener, and I include myself as one of our average listeners because I would not be as good as you are at this game. So, thank you, Aaron. Well done. Thank you. All right, stock number two. Now, Aaron, I know it, but a lot of our listeners may need to be reminded your home state, sir, is Texas. Texas, that's right. Now, I don't often see you coming into Full HQ wearing a 10 gallon hat. I can't say I own one. Sorry. <laughs> and so, while I did not grow up in Texas, and I think most of our listeners didn't, some of whom are international, when they see shows like Dallas in reruns, they imagine the people from Texas, I think some of us, would think that you would be wearing a cowboy hat to work some of the time. Texas is a big place. There definitely, depending on where you are, there are people like that. There are people of all types yeah, in Texas. Yeah, and I, I really do like that about Texas. Obviously, I'm having some fun here because I've been to Texas a bunch of times. And I have seen people rocking the 10 gallon hats. And then I'm in Austin and I see entrepreneurs who dress like Steve Jobs and even kind of imitate him some too. And everybody in between. So it's a great big state, a great big world. Um, have you ever been into a tractor supply company store? I can't say that I have. So you know that it's an American retail chain of stores. It's home improvement, agriculture. I'm pretty sure you could buy a 10 gallon hat at a tractor supply. I would be surprised if you couldn't. Yeah. So, uh, but it, unbeknownst to many of us, it's also a public company. I mean, this is a company that's present in 49 states. I'm looking at Wikipedia right now. I'm not sure what the 50th would be that it's not. Let's go with Hawaii, maybe. Sure. Okay, good. So, everywhere but Hawaii, we're half making that up. But, but yeah, Tractor Supply Company, um, even though it's a quieter company, uh, it does have an online presence. But I think a lot of people wouldn't realize that, you know, 10 years ago, it was one of America's 100 fastest growing businesses. That was still early days for e commerce. But today, it remains a successful stock for investors. I will mention, I first picked this stock. Well, February 2017. So, stock advisor members of those who bought in with us have held it for about two and a half years. It's been a good performer, albeit volatile. I mean, we got in below 70. Uh, it hit as high as 115 in the meantime. It's down to about 95, though, now. So, just kind of bouncing around, not, not that different from the market. In fact, I will say that since we picked it two and a half years ago, the stock is up 39%, the market's up 34%. So, tractor supply company, a market beater, but not by much. So, Aaron, you have no childhood or adult association with the Tractor Supply Company. I've driven by Tractor Supplies, but I've never made it a pit stop before. All right. Aaron and all of my players at home, within 20% either way, what is the market cap, ticker symbol TSCO, Tractor Supply? It's bigger than you might think. I think it's about $12 billion. Very nicely done. You were close to doinking again, but this one is at 11.7, so you would have had to say 11.7 to trigger that sound again. Now, players at home, if you said anywhere from 9.4 billion to 14 billion, you are within the 20% band either way. And along with Aaron, you can give yourself a big green check mark. Aaron, nice job. Two for two. All right. We're about to move on to number three. I will mention, as a little bit of foreshadowing, 
that we will be covering one company that was on last Market Cap Game Show with you, but the other nine we haven't covered before. In fact, most of these companies have never once appeared on any previous episode of the Market Cap Game Show, and McCormick and Tractor Supply are both examples. So, MKCTSCO, these are brand new ticker symbols to the Market Cap Game Show, but not to some of my analysts who cover these companies in, in this case, Stock Advisor. Both of those companies come from Stock Advisor. Now, company number three comes from Motley Fool Rule Breakers and was first picked January 21st of 2009. Now, in contrast to Tractor Supply, which is only up about 39% in the two and a half years we've held it, this stock is a 10 bagger since being picked in 2009. And it's a company that we picked it and it had one name, and then three years later it changed its name, which is not always the best sign out there when companies change their names. And yet, this company has gone on to greatness. It basically took its primary product, a soda, and decided, you know what, let's just call the whole company by that name. So, Hanson Natural, which was the stock I picked on January 21st of 2009, uh, later decided, you know, Monster Beverage, that brand, our best known brand, why don't we just call ourselves the Monster Beverage Corporation, which is what the company did decide to do in 2009. Now, Aaron, I know you you only stayed in college briefly before deciding just to come to work here at The Motley Fool. So, I know that we covered this last time. So, listeners with a long memory will remember that you went to UT for about a year. Mm-hmm. A lot of us picture college students, before exams, slamming down the energy drinks, caffeine, extra sugar, usually a fair amount of carbonation, in order to make it through exam period. Have you ever had a monster beverage? Of course. And... Uh, was it in a university context? Uh, yes, I have had Monster in a university context, along with many, many other people very late at night. <laughs> yes, I live the stereotype. When was the last time that you had a Monster beverage? One of those late nights in college. All right, so it's been a few years. This is a company, I think, in a lot of ways that's gone on to greatness because it had distribution. It's an interesting story. I do love corporate histories. Hanson Natural started as a juice company in Southern California in 1935. So, some 60 years or later or so, energy drinks started showing up and Hanson had Monster. And so they kind of have grown from there. But one of my favorite statistics before we talk about the market cap of this company, one of my favorite statistics is that when we picked Monster Beverage in 2009, it had been, get this, the best performing stock on the market over the previous 10 years. So, wow. Hanson Natural was up 49 times in value. It was up 4,800% from 1999 through 2008, and we picked it in 2009. I wonder what the market cap was at that time. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I started telling you, you'd start piecing it together that it's up 10 times for us since, so I wouldn't want to tell you, nice try. Well, I I tried my best. (laughs) But it's a remarkable reminder of another one of my favorite hashtags that we rock all the time on this podcast and say it along with me, listeners, winners win. And this company had already been such a winner, and yet we picked it 10 years later. It's a 10-bagger again. But a lot of it for these kinds of companies comes down to having distribution, to be able to get into the grocery stores and the 7 Elevens. And so it's not nearly the presence that Coca Cola or Pepsi is, but it did have a long time footprint in many of these places. And they've just leveraged that with the popularity of their, it's not just about the monster drink, but especially their monster brand. Aaron, I know you're thinking right now in your head a number. 
a number that would be your best shot at guessing Monster Beverages market cap. The ticker symbol is MNST. Aaron and all of my fellow fools, what is the market cap of Monster Beverage Corporation? $32 billion. <laughs> I mean, if we could play a double ding, that would probably be more appropriate because, Aaron, you were really, really close to nailing it spot on. Again, it is $31.5 billion as we tape, so 32 is an awfully good estimate of Monster Beverage's market cap. Now, players worldwide, if you said anywhere $25 billion at the low end to $38 billion on the high end, Give yourself a big green check mark. And if you've gotten three so far, well, you've tied Aaron, who comes in as, what did you say earlier? A stone cold market cap killer. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> I guess that's what's going on today. <laughs> now, I mean, it, it is at this point a fair question to ask. You know, did this guy, well, this is rhetorical, just memorize all of the market caps? But the thing is, we draw from over 230 companies. So, I mean, I guess there's a chance, Aaron, that you spent some time literally memorizing for 230 different companies their market caps. And yet, even if you did, the market trades Monday, it trades Tuesday, they keep changing all the time. I will say, looking at market caps every single day for many years helps. Yeah. Um, so, so, there is that slight advantage that I have that isn't so slight, probably, but uh, yeah, I did spend some time trying to fill my my weaknesses this weekend for sure. That is awesome. Well, more to come. But first, managing inventory, covering payroll, and doing a hundred other things before lunch is just an average day when you own a small business. Your time is valuable, and getting the money you need shouldn't take up all of it. And that's why Cabbage created a simple modern way for businesses to access up to $250,000 of credit. That's right, Cabbage's application process is online. It takes just minutes to complete and get a decision. If your business qualifies, you can access the amount you need right away and withdraw more funds whenever you need extra capital. Cabbage, that's spelled with a K, has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and has provided over 200,000 small businesses with access to funding. Starting a small business, we all know this, can be challenging. I know many people who have done so, including my brother and me. Having access to funds is an important key in funding a small business, and many companies struggle with that in the beginning. So, get the money you need to run your small business today. Go to cabbage.com to get started. Credit lines subject to review and change. Individual requests for capital are separate installment loans issued by Celtic Bank member FDIC. But that's cabbage, K A B B A G E dot com. All right, company number four. Well, I mentioned earlier that we would be bringing one back from our last episode of the Market Cap Game Show, and it's right about now that we're going to do that. Now, I almost nudged this forward with trepidation, Aaron, because I feel like you could even <laughs> doink this one. Because in a lot of ways, you'd be haunted by this company, because this is the one company that you missed last time. The ticker symbol is E-B-A-Y. I think most of us recognize the company behind that ticker symbol, and that would be eBay. Now, Aaron, you didn't miss eBay by much last time, but you did miss it. I missed it by a decent amount last time. And I'm guessing, probably, you may have spent some time looking 
to see eBay in case I would ask you the very next episode about the one company you missed once again. I don't like holding grudges, but I've had a grudge against eBay for three months now, David. <laughs> okay, this stock was first picked. Little history here: May tenth of two thousand two in Motley Fool Stock Advisor. Motley Fool Stock Advisor launched in March of two thousand two, so this was the third stock that I ever picked. But it wasn't eBay. I picked PayPal. Back then, on May tenth of two thousand two, and the market cap of PayPal when I picked it was one point six billion dollars that day. So then, fast forward a few years later, and eBay buys PayPal. So now we own eBay stock, which we did for years and years until eBay then decided to spin PayPal back out. We've just been holding the stock all the way through since May of two thousand two. And Stock Advisor, I like both companies. And these days, if you've been a patient. Long-term shareholder here, you will own shares of both. You will now have some eBay in your accounts and some PayPal. It's amazing to me that PayPal is so much bigger today than eBay is. I mean, I think a lot of us in 2019 would say, "Well, yeah, of course." I mean, PayPal is really big, and eBay is still the auction market that doesn't feel as big time as a the world's leading maybe payments and transactions company, at least here in the U.S. But both of them are worth tens of billions of dollars. And it's an amazing story of persistence for anybody who's held for 17 plus years. So, a little background, a little history, we have to give it here on my initial recommendation of PayPal. But here we are, we're talking now about eBay. All right, Aaron, we're readying our sound cues here. What is the market cap for eBay within 20% either way? Well, last time I was wrong by ten billion dollars. I said twenty-five billion, and I don't think the stock has moved much at all since then. So I think it's it's right around thirty-five billion. Great job! I'm not going to say that was a softball for you, although I think relative to many of our listeners who don't remember that that was the one that you missed and were haunted by for three months, they they couldn't have necessarily known or expected that I would ask this one. But well done, Aaron. That's right. The market cap, as we tape for eBay, is thirty-four billion dollars. So, Aaron, wow, huge miss there for you. You missed by a billion dollars. That's that's horrible relative uh, to what you've already done this week. I'm terrible. I'm sorry, David. <laughs> <laughs> Players at home, if you said anything from twenty-seven billion at the low end to forty-one billion, you got it right. So, Aaron, you are now four for four. Hashtag I tied Aaron is the best that anybody could say right now. On social media. Let's see if we can make it a little harder with this next one. Now, stock number five, ironically, has a ticker symbol that is the very same number as the stock we're featuring today. The ticker symbol is FIVE, and the company, of course, is five below. Now, I say, of course, because if you're a Motley Fool Rule Breaker member, you, I hope you've held this stock for a few years. I first picked it in April of 2014, so it's been kind of a, a five-year hold for ticker symbol five. That is the fifth stock being featured on this market cap game show. So there are fives everywhere, and I'm not going to say yet how the stock has performed, but it's performed admirably. So a lot of us have gotten to appreciate this company not just for its retail presence. Though I personally have been in and enjoyed a Five Below store. Aaron, have you been inside a Five Below? I have, and I know both of us went together to visit the headquarters up in Philadelphia, too. That's right. In fact, one of the learning journeys that we send some of our employees on who raise their hands and say, I want to do like a little mini MBA inside the Motley Fool for a few months. Uh, we took that group, you were in it just a couple of years ago, to Philadelphia. And that is, in fact, where Five Below is based. 
yeah, it was a it was a fun trip. But five below in particular, I thought was particularly foolish, uh, more foolish than I thought. All the way from their founders being David and Tom to walking <laughs> in in the building, and it just had a really fun vibe. How they approach like their purpose um, and core values, and they're you know they're thinking about scale and, and a lot of different elements. It it felt like being right here at our HQ. Um, so. Learned a lot from them. I I hadn't paid close attention to Five Below before going to the headquarters, but it definitely made me more interested. Yeah, and I think a lot of us probably recognize the brand, but for anybody who doesn't, this is a company that generally you walk into their retail stores and everything costs five dollars or less. So there are a lot of you know party favors and kids knickknacks and this kind of thing, and they go for an energetic kind of positive retail presence. It's fun to walk inside a Five Below. Sounds like it's more fun than to walk inside for you anyway. A Tractor Supply, Aaron. I don't know. Tractor supplies sound pretty fun, David. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I do think before, whenever you next appear in this podcast, Aaron, you owe it to America to go into a tractor supply and learn a little bit more about the heartland. I'll try my best. Do you know if we have one around here? 49 states. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's a lot of farmland in Virginia and Maryland, so you know those are two states, I think, I would hope, where tractor supplies, 49 states' presence would. Would be, but we're not going to. I'm too lazy for this podcast to look that up. <laughs> All right, Aaron. So the ticker symbol FIVE, the founders, David and Tom, those founders have created a more valuable company, hint, hint, than our company. I think their market cap is higher than ours. So great job to that, David and Tom. Well, give it time. <laughs> Aaron, what is the market cap of Five Below within 20% either way? Uh, it's not below five. It is. It is above five. I think it is around seven point five billion. Uh, yeah. I mean, you missed that one pretty badly because you were off by two hundred million dollars. Oh, I'm getting worse. <laughs> <laughs> you were really close. Let's be clear. Yep. The market cap for five below is seven point three billion dollars. Maybe I should have thought twice before giving you a company that you'd literally already met the CEO and been inside the headquarters. That was maybe an oversight of mine. But the fives were were wild. I had to do it this week. And it is kind of fun to think that since April 23, 2014, when we picked the stock at $38.56, today it's right over 130. So yeah, it's up 237%. The market up about 80% over that time. So a substantial market beater for, you know. A company that is not a big e-commerce portal or a SaaS company. In fact, this is a company with a bricks-and-mortar retail presence that's selling stuff below five bucks, and that's the business, and it's growing. What I'm I'm sensing a theme in this podcast that Amazon is not killing all retail establishments out there. there well, are... that is true, and we do have at least one more retailer that's not Amazon coming up. But you know, I do think part of the reason Five Below is successful is it's hard to compete. Against this company with an online site, because who wants to mail stuff out from their e-commerce portal that costs three bucks to people when shipping usually costs like at least a third of that? Some of us are lazy, but yes, I understand your point. I'm not saying I'm not lazy too, but when you're selling stuff at a very low price point, it feels like that is Amazon-proof territory, somewhat. All right, Aaron. So you are five for five going into halftime. I feel like I might have at least one stumper coming up, but you've taken the market cap game show to a level that I never thought we would reach because you are nailing almost every single one. There's like a Ken from Jeopardy thing going on here, or maybe AI powered. Are you fully human? I don't know, but 
I know the great Conor McGregor, the UFC fighter, he has a line, we're not here to take part, we're here to take over. And that's that's my mentality today. <laughs> you know, I will say, a world in which everyone knows their market caps is a better world. So, Aaron, I feel like you're being an example to the rest of the human race with what you're bringing to the market cap game show these days. I hope so, and I hope everyone out there enjoys the the joy of market caps as much as we do, David. Yeah, and you know, at a serious level, because at least half the time we're serious on this podcast. I mean, people who can look and know the value of other things and understand those relative to completely disparate things. You and I talked about this last time. It's really fun to think about how, you know, this company is worth about the same as that company. For example, eBay is about the same value as Monster Beverage. That's just interesting. That's a conversation point. You can talk about that with kids, older people, people in investment clubs, people who know nothing about the stock market. So, the market cap is really the lingua franca that enables us to talk about any company in relation to any other company. Yeah, and market caps are incredibly useful when we think about investing. I know you think about this in Stock Advisor and Rule Breakers. I know we've thought about this together in you know, a service like Blastoff, where we're looking for stocks that not only the stock price goes up, but things that can significantly multiply. And it tends to be uh, companies with lower market caps that are able to, to to exponentially grow at that rate. That's right. I mean, if you gave me, you know, two companies that looked, you know, mostly the same, they might be in the same industry, they might have the same general growth rate, and one of them for for some reason is trading at ten billion dollars, and the other is at a hundred billion dollars. Uh, first of all, you probably wouldn't see that, but if you did, you would go. Let's go with the one at ten billion dollars because it looks like it could multiply and get to. A five bagger faster than the company at a hundred billion. All other things remaining equal, which of course they never do. Yeah, I think that's a a good rule of thumb. And one one last thing I would say is I think it's really interesting learning lots of different market caps because context is such an important thing when we think about investing. And the more pieces of context that we have, the better we're able to piece together what the world looks like. And the better we can piece together what the world looks like, the better we can get a sense of what companies are growing more important and then can therefore help grow our portfolios. Absolutely. You know, we've often said invest like a VC and VCs look at things and say I think that could go up 10 times from here or I don't think it could. They're they're thinking about forward growth multiple possibilities and often not constrained by backward looking valuation techniques which so much of the world I think is using to value stocks. Anyway, let's move on. Company number 6. Now, is streaming video a part of your entertainment life, Aaron Bush? Yeah, definitely. And what kinds of shows recently have you enjoyed or watched, or would you recommend maybe to Rule Breaker Investing podcast listeners? Well, I like shows that think about the future. So, I have watched a lot of shows like Black Mirror, for example. There's a pretty underrated show on Netflix called Travelers, which is most most shows movies that handle time travel tend to do a pretty bad job in my opinion but I thought this one was a really interesting take so I don't know I like a lot of the dystopian type shows okay yeah black mirror certainly is that I don't I haven't watched that much black mirror just because so many of them are kind of dystopian. That's not really my view of the future. I don't enjoy like watching dark ironic twists that make it all look like we're going down. I think that's fair. I think that's totally true but there still is Something to learn, I think. Totally, and I know it's a really compelling series. It's on Netflix. Um, I, I think I read once that, and again, I don't know the show that well, but I believe the the one in the first few seasons that had a, actually a very positive ending is the highest rated, most beloved of all of the 
Black Mirror shows. I don't know if that's still true today, but I remember remarking on that at the time as I read that article. I don't know, but I okay. believe it. Okay. Um, so, did you ever watch Breaking Bad? I did. Did you like that show? It was a fantastic show. What about The Walking Dead? Uh, yeah, I think it got slower as the seasons went on. But Are, did good. you keep watching? And did you watch any of these spinoffs? I did not watch any of the spinoffs. Okay, because that you know, there's a fair amount of dystopian in The Walking Dead. I would say the zombies can bog you down after a while. <laughs> what about Mad Men? Uh, I never really got into to Mad Men, but I see where you're going with this. You David. do. You see that I'm very purposely asking about Breaking Bad. The Walking Dead and Mad Men. And that's because we're talking about the next company, company number six, AMC Networks. Now, it's fun to look back on stocks that I've picked and say, wow, that one's a 10 bagger, like Monster Beverage 10 years later. This, though, is one of those where I, I don't feel great about it. I first picked AMC Networks in the flush of Breaking Bad's kind of success and the perception that AMC was beautifully positioned for the future, a close partner to Netflix. A lot of people watching Breaking Bad, discovering it on Netflix, or Mad Men as well, or The Walking Dead. So, big brands at the time, and I thought, you know, streaming going forward, these guys own the content, this is great content, they're going to keep innovating. And they have kept innovating, but unfortunately, the stock price is up 2% from where I picked it about seven years ago. Market, Aaron, up about 140% over the course of that time. Probably not your finest stock. It's been a dog. The ticker symbol is AMCX. I think a lot of us maybe can come to a number in our minds more readily or easily than some of the others, like let's say Five Below or Tractor Supply. Aaron, I feel like you have a really good sense of the numbers here. I'm going to guess many of our listeners, I'm just going to say this ahead of time, not trying to influence anybody, are going to overguess on this one. I'm just putting it out there. Stock number six, AMC Networks. Aaron, the market cap within 20% either way. Uh, it's pretty small. It's about $2.8 billion. All right, that's the double-doing moment. There we go. <laughs> because, sure enough, it is exactly $2.8 billion. Yep, the stock trading at 50 and a half today as we record this podcast. Dear listeners at home, gathered around the fire in that Rockwell setting that we've talked about, that Norman Rockwell setting, multi-generational, around the fire, playing the show together. Listeners, kids... 2.2 up to 3.4 billion. That would be a correct answer. But if you guessed right at the median point there, 2.8 billion, along with Aaron, give yourself you know a check mark point one because that is the extra doink sound of nailing it right on. Aaron, this is a stock that we picked in Motley Fool Rule Breakers. Now you don't presently work on the Rule Breaker service, but we did for several years. Why didn't you tell me to get rid of it as an analyst years ago? We would have kept investors from underperforming. I don't know. I mean, in the Odyssey One portfolio and Supernova, we made the same mistake, and AMC was on our scorecard for a while. We we did get out of it in order to to concentrate into other stocks that we like more and think are better positioned for the future of their own industries. Yes, and I'm really glad you said that. So, Aaron, you helped run the Odyssey One portfolio in Supernova, a real money portfolio with stocks in. That's right, AMC. Was in your portfolio, and you did decide to sell it, even though I've kept holding it, as is my want in Motley Fool Rule Breakers. So, yeah, I mean, good job. Well, we'll see. AMC could make a comeback. All right, stock number seven. So, I just got back from a luncheon at the Economic Club of Washington. I'm a member, and I'm sure some of our listeners might be in the greater DC area business people who might be a part of the Economic Club. It's a large group of people, um, you know, C level, but not just 
public for-profit companies, but certainly a lot of civic groups as well as private companies, like I'm a Motley Fool private company person, but it's people who love business. And David Rubenstein, the Carlyle Group billionaire, who's probably the most generous person living in the greater D.C. area, um, helps run that. He does interviews. I just watched the CEO of Delta Airlines get interviewed, where I learned one interesting thing, which is that, if you were to guess, which do you think is a higher margin for the Delta Airlines business, a higher margin flight, a domestic flight or an international flight? I have no idea. I would guess domestic. And you guessed correctly. But I think a lot of people would think, well, hold on now, the international flight, those are the big tickets, and presumably, if you keep people sitting in a seat for 15 hours, that's probably easier to do than have to keep shuttling them back and forth on one-hour flights. But as it turns out, Aaron, you're absolutely right. Sounds like all your instincts are right this week. <laughs> but yeah, I was surprised by that. I was thinking that the international flights would be higher margin, but really, it is the domestic flight. So Delta Airlines, by the way, has been a pretty good stock. It's been about at market perform level for the last few years, but take a look at Delta Airlines over the last 10 years. It's a serious market beater in what is increasingly an oligopoly today. So, why are we talking about airlines? Well, because one of the stocks that we picked in Motley Fool Stock Advisor last year is Alaska Airlines Group. And Alaska Air is one of those non-big-time players. I mean, the whole U.S. airline environment seems to come down to like Delta, United, and American. Uh, and then there are some bit players on the side, and sometimes those bit players get bought out by the big guys, and we'll see. But Alaska Airlines, like Hawaiian and a few other brands, is one of those where, yeah, no, they're still operating independently. And in fact, JetBlue would be another example of this. So not everybody is one of the big dogs. Anyway, I, th- I thought the CEO of Delta was outstanding, and I would highly recommend anybody going on and seeing how he talks about his industry, his company, and he's he's been there for a while, and he's there for a lot longer, according to him. So, uh, bully to you, Delta shareholders. But back to Alaska Airlines Group, the ticker symbol ALK. Aaron, have you ever flown, in your memory, an Alaska Airlines flight? I don't think I have. Well, it is it is one of those that typically gets pretty strong reviews. People like their Alaska Airlines. It's dominant West Coast. Player, but uh, it's it's one of those companies that has not been a great stock. I mean, we picked it about a year ago. It's up four percent, market up eight percent, so it's underperforming, not nearly as badly as AMC (laughs) Networks. But it is one of those that I like the regional players. I think that they're well positioned to either continue to profit as they are from their niche areas, or potentially get bought out by the bigger players in this consolidating field. By the way, Delta Airlines, this is just free PR for them, but they are the largest carrier in the world, which I didn't realize. I didn't know that either. There you go. But back to Alaska, Aaron. What is the market cap within twenty percent? Either way, Alaska Airlines Group (ALK). Well, I think they have also been one of the acquirers. They merged with Virgin Airlines, which, Virgin Atlantic. Virgin Atlantic, which was another one of your recommendations at some time. Yeah, that's actually that was a good airline stock. It feels like whenever I pick airline stocks, we don't do so well. But Virgin Atlantic did get bought out by Alaska Air and did well. So, so this one is. Bigger than I think some of the other more regional players, and it's about eight billion. Triple doink. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> you and I talked about this last time. For ones that are on right on an even number, it makes it easy, easier, not easy at all, easier to doink it. Because if it had been eight point five, you probably you're probably not going to say eight point five, are you? I I don't know. You might. But you're absolutely right. Alaska Airlines Group is valued today market cap at $8 billion. So the band of correctness for this one, $6.4 billion up to $9.6 billion. Yep, we're going to stick on those 
take it out to an extra digit. So if you said ten billion, you may not give yourself the big green check mark. But Aaron, seven for seven. The pressure is mounting. This is a a remarkable performance. Um, before you nailed nine out of ten. Um, the very talented superstar Emily Flippin came to the show and did seven out of ten, and I was aghast at her ability. And then you came up and did nine, and right now you're seven for seven. So much pressure right now. <laughs> <laughs> I will say Emily was was quizzing me earlier, so any success here is partially due to Emily as well. Awesome. All right, so that's seven stocks down, three to go. If you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business. Many companies have one system for accounting, another for sales, another for inventory, and so on. It's just a big, inefficient mess, taking up too much time and too many resources, and that can hurt the bottom line. Introducing NetSuite by Oracle, the business management software that handles every aspect of your business in an easy-to-use cloud platform, giving you the visibility and control you need to grow. With NetSuite, you save time, money, and unneeded headaches by managing sales, finance, and accounting orders, and HR all instantly, right from your desktop or phone. That's why NetSuite is the world's number one Cloud business system. And right now, NetSuite is offering you valuable insights with a free guide, Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits at netsuite.com slash fool. That's netsuite.com slash fool to download your free guide, Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits, netsuite.com slash fool. And by the way, NetSuite, a very fine rule breaker stock before it got bought out by Oracle a few years ago. But Aaron, that was one that um, when you were on our rule breakers team, I know NetSuite was an active stock. And we can't rock it today in the, in the market cap game show, but it was a market beater for us. It was. Before we go into stock number eight, I do want to mention one of our very talented listeners created a site that can help the whole world learn their market caps. It's just marketcapgameshow.com. This is an unsolicited plug. I don't see any advertising on the site, so I think this wonderful fellow fool isn't actually trying to make any money from it, but it is a fun site to go in and just quiz yourself on market caps. There's an easy mode, a hard mode, it keeps stats, gives you a little bit of information about the companies. MarketCapGameshow.com absolutely deserves a plug on this week's episode, because if you want to be half as good as Aaron Bush, the way to start is by playing the game, quizzing yourself. So, Aaron, I feel like looking over the last three, the only one that I see you missing, based on just the stone cold docity that you've brought into this podcast, the only one I can imagine you miss- missing would be this next one. All right, let's hear it. Because you and I started this podcast by saying neither of us cooks, so we don't really know that much. And so you're probably a little bit more out of your wheelhouse when you just don't know what's happening in the world. And I'm guessing you haven't spent a lot of time purchasing women's shoes. <laughs> I can't say that I have. Is that, <laughs> is that fair? To I know you have, a, you have a girlfriend. Yes. Um, have you ever given her? As a gift, birthday, anniversary, etc., shoes. I don't believe I have. If you did, could you imagine going into Designer Shoe Warehouse, DSW, or the company today, Designer Brands, maybe to do so? Uh, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd have to do some research to figure out what this market is and what's going on, but it's very possible. The company name is Designer Brands, which is interesting because. It just changed its name from DSW earlier this year, but a lot of us know or would recognize DSW as a very large place that holds tons of shoes aimed at women and has served in that capacity for a long time. I first picked the stock in October of 2015. It was at $21.86. It's down from there. We'll talk about that in a bit. Designer Shoe Warehouse 
Yeah, the company announced earlier this year that it wanted to change its name to Designer Brands because it thinks it's more of like a brand manager per se. It can kind of find brands and grow them and make that part of the business story. Now, the stock market doesn't seem to have been greatly enamored by this possibility. The stock hasn't really traded that well. It's not bad either, but it it kind of looks like a non-event. But for DBI, which is the ticker symbol these days, um, I'm curious, Aaron, what you would guess the market cap of DBI is within 20% either way? I don't think it's very big, and I don't know how much success it's really had with lots of its other brands. So I'm going to go with $1.2 billion. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that is four doings in one show. I was I was fairly convinced that this I think for a lot of our listeners this has been a hard one. I mean DSW I think presents itself as kind of bigger, but it is down I'm sorry to say 22% since I picked it um, almost 4 years ago now uh, this October and so it hasn't been a great performer. It's a little bit off the radar, but not off your radar, Aaron Bush. No market cap in the supernova universe is off my radar, David. Not today. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, at 1.2 billion even, if you guessed from 1 billion to 1.4 billion, give yourself in that tight band of possibility, give yourself a big green check mark outside of that, you will not be beating Aaron this week because you have to sounds like you have to be perfect if you want to even tie Aaron on this game show. I want to turn to my producer, Rick Engdahl. Rick, you've produced all of our Market Cap game shows. In your opinion, is it more fun when somebody gets every single one, or less fun? I think it's fun once. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. And I will say, a lot of these smaller Market Cap ones are a lot harder, because your margin of error becomes so much smaller. So, I've just been waiting and worry for you to throw out like a like one of the $170 million yeah, <laughs> companies. Yep. Or Appreciate that. Something like that. Well, spoiler alert, you're not going to get that for the rest of the show. That Thank was goodness. my one shot at flipping over a stone and hoping that you wouldn't recognize the market cap. So, players at home, Aaron Bush, let's go to company number nine. This one is a very well-known player, and AB5, for those who would recognize uh, that acronym or that phrase, uh, very much in the minds today of companies that participate within the gig economy. Much has been made of California's proposed new law, maybe signed into law, that changes the nature of employment. For a fair number of people who are contractors today, uh, California would like them to be recognized as full-time employees, with benefits. Now, the day that AB5 earlier this month hit the news for this thing may actually happen, it's been voted up for the governor to consider signing. The day that happened, Uber stock was actually up. Uber and Lyft were up 5% or so, and some of the perception was that, you know, maybe Uber and Lyft won't be subject to AB5. They they may have a different way of viewing their employees, and legally, they may have a basis for what they're saying. And In fact, at the Economic Club luncheon earlier today, I sat next to somebody who works at Uber, and it was interesting to hear her perspective in terms of how much is Uber actually threatened by AB5. So, it's something we'll continue to watch, but it's fun to talk about companies in the headlines. Now, it's not fun for me to look at the performance of Uber stock since I recommended on May 23rd of this year. It's down 15%, market up 7%. So, Uber for Rule Breaker members, 
thus far anyway, is a market loser. But I continue to like this company because I think it passes the snap test. I think if you snapped your fingers and Uber disappeared overnight, a ton of people worldwide would notice and be fairly upset. Now, there are other examples in Texas, in Austin, there are even like they banned at least at one point at Uber one point. and Lyft were, were banned, and so you know others spring up. There are you could imagine others doing this service, and I think of taxi cabs have done this for a long time. Sure, I will say the ones that have sprung up have not tended to be successful though. Okay, fair. So you know it, it's not an easy thing to do what Uber does every single day. Um, Hundreds of thousands of miles driven in support of both taking passengers and food and other things potentially. The optionality that Uber has to take its business, its platform, it would say, in different directions is big. In fact, it's worth paying attention to the company name, Aaron. Do you know? I'm going to quiz you on the market cap in a sec, but do you know the official company name? Uh, Uber Technologies? Exactly. And I think that that's instructive. I think it reminds us that if you really get into Uber's head, they think of themselves as a technology platform that could be a super brand one day. Kind of like WeChat is in Asia, where people just look to it and use it for lots of things having to do with transportation. Maybe shipping, certainly food delivery, uh, certainly people delivery. But if it kind of achieves that, you know, our corporate name is a verb, and everybody's using us for lots of increasingly convenient needs, that's kind of what they're shooting for at Uber Technologies. And that's a really big deal if they can nail it. Right. So, speaking of really big deal, I will give a little hint to our listeners. Aaron, I don't think you need any hints, but having just talked about Delta recently, their market cap is right about $38 billion. This company, Uber, in just less than two decades, is larger than Delta. So, that's that's just an interesting on its own. But Aaron and everyone playing at home around the fire, what is the market cap of Uber within 20% either way? Let's go with $55 billion. Well, you you didn't doink this one, but you got close, Aaron. But I, I think you kind of preserved the sanctity of the game by not abusing it too badly. The correct <laughs> answer is $60 billion as we talk right now. So simple math reveals that if you were $12 billion higher or lower. Either way, you can give yourself a green check mark along with Aaron. That's right, from 48 up to 72 billion for Uber Technologies. Aaron, you and I talked about the stock briefly last episode. You didn't own the stock at the time. Do you own the stock today? I still do not. Right. And I know we talked about how, you know, when you have a market cap of 60 billion, we talked about that earlier this show. It's not as exciting necessarily or as interesting as finding a company that has a lot of promise at 6 billion instead of 60. Sure, and I don't think it's necessarily a deal breaker. You see companies that can still be ten baggers from sixty billion to six hundred billion. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I just personally like other stocks better. Uh, Uber is burning a lot of money. I don't think a lot of the optionality is fully proven yet. Um, so I still have some questions, but I certainly respect what they have accomplished. You know, one thing, having traveled a fair amount the last few years, just internationally, I'll say it's always impressive to me to see Uber is basically anywhere you'd want to go. All of us tend to think about Uber within maybe our city, or maybe our state or country, and it's there anywhere. But once you actually get out and see the world, you're like, wow, they are, they are everywhere. Yeah, and I remember being in Europe earlier this year, France, and just seeing Uber Eats bags on bikers everywhere. Wow. Well, and I'm glad you mentioned France as we go to company number 10. Really? <laughs> yeah, because you know this is a company I said at the very top of the show in my cold open to kick off this show, I mentioned that one of the companies we'd be featuring, in fact, it's company number 10, was picked exactly 10 years ago, the day we are publishing, which is, in our case, September 18, 2019. We always come out around 4 p.m. Eastern. 
uh, that's when this podcast hits iTunes and Google Play, etc. Well, on September 18th, 2009, I picked my one and only French company, Dassault System. This is a company that is integral to visual designers and what they can do, both these days, more recently with like augmented reality, but before that, think about all of the CGI, so much of the um, movies like Lord of the Rings, which actually looks so much better than when they tried to make a Lord of the Rings 30 or 40 years ago, um, the special effects that we take for granted today, the virtual worlds in gaming. Dassault System is one of those players, kind of like Adobe, that is a big-time global player helping out visual artists in every dimension, it seems. Certainly, 4D, 3D, 2D. I don't know that 1D is that interesting to do from a graphical standpoint. I think it's like a dot, right? Isn't that what 1D is? Yeah, but what if you have lots of dots? Well, that's that, true. That could be pretty cool. That's true. Have you ever read the book Flatland by Edwin Abbott? No, I haven't. It's a really good way to think about dimensions. And uh, you kind of ask the dot, you know, could you imagine like what it would be like to be a line? And the dot just can't imagine because the dot's a dot. And, and yet, all of us operating in three dimensions can easily see a line and a dot. We can look down on it and see it. But once you start getting to a third, a fourth, as three dimensional people, Aaron, you and I try to imagine a fourth dimension time, it's kind of hard to see that in the same way dots can't see the lines around them. I don't know where this is going, but it is fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> Flatland is a very fine read. Okay. So, 10 years ago today, Dassault System, which is ticker symbol D-A-S-T-Y. Aaron, you have been N-A-S-T-Y this episode for the Market Cap Game Show. Truly nasty. I'll take that as a compliment. It is intended as such. I'm so <laughs> happy I didn't have to compete against you. But from nasty, we go here to dasty, D-A-S-T-Y. This is one of those stocks, sometimes it's hard to see it quoted on some online sites, because it's like, um, over-the-counter. Uh, and so, like one that I regularly quote, you can't even see the ticker symbol Dasty, but if you if you're like a Schwab or a Meritrade shareholder and you wanted to buy some shares, type it right in. You'll see it's very easy to buy this stock. Anyway, Dassault System was at twenty six dollars and forty five cents ten years ago today. Today it's closer to one hundred and forty five. So it's been a wonderful long term investment. It's up more than a five bagger over ten years. The market, wow. by the way, up two hundred forty six percent in ten years. It's sometimes worth remembering that just owning the index fund ain't bad when you hold it over great periods. Two hundred forty six percent for just mailing it in. But we've just about doubled up on the market with this stock, Aaron, and all players at home. Stock number ten, Dassault System. What is the market cap of this company within twenty percent? Thirty eight billion. Quintuple doink! An incredible way to end this. So it's worth pointing out right away that Aaron has no foreknowledge of any of the companies. We put you not literally in a soundproof chamber as they do on some game shows, but we don't have one here at the Fool. But you have no idea what I'm doing. No idea. And for a fifth time this show, you nailed it exactly right. I've I've been very paranoid about market caps the past few days. So, <laughs> so thirty eight billion is in fact Dassault Systems market cap, which isn't even that easy to find on a lot of online sites today. But that is the market cap, as low as thirty, as high as forty six billion. Give yourself a correct answer if you were within that range. But Aaron, I have to say, nine out of ten was amazing. Ten out of ten will always be remembered, and you may have broken the game. I may have to actually reassess the Market Cap Game Show, or at least you as a contestant on the Market Cap Game Show, because that was perfection. Rick said it, it's good once, though. 
It is good once, so I'm glad it could be me. <laughs> <laughs> and that was 100% earned. I can only imagine. I know looking at market caps every day gives you insights, and you've done that for years here at The Fool. You probably put in a little extra elbow grease over the weekend, but again, over 200 companies with prices changing all the time. Five doinks. I don't think we'll ever see that again unless you do it again. It feels like you put pressure on yourself. Know. Maybe if we have you back sometime, you'll say, Six. I have to get six this time. I don't know. Does the pressure make- then will just be unreal. I don't know if I can handle that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was a delight to share this with you, Aaron. 10 out of 10 is the best score possible. Therefore, players at home, you could only go with hashtag I tied Aaron. And if so, drop us an email, rbi at fool.com, and let us know that you too were 10 out of 10 on this episode of the Market Cap Game Show. I think the rest of us can rock the Hashtag, I lost to Aaron. And yet, that's a very noble sentiment at this point, because you might have gotten 9 out of 10 and still lost to Aaron. So, chin up, fools. Thank you. Can I can I throw one fun market cap fact your way? Please. Uh, guess what the market cap of the company of 2-6-I-I-V-I is. This is a, a stock that does lasers, photonics. It's a yes. stock advisor recommendation. Stock advisor. And I'm surprised you didn't throw this one at me. Well, I was definitely playing with numbers here. We had 10 years ago, today was the 10th stock, and 5 below was the 5th. Are you about to tell me it was $2.6 billion? It's $2.6 billion. Really nice. We might never have an opportunity like this again <laughs> on the Market Cap Game Show, so I just had to bring it up. We're having a lot of fun with numbers. Aaron, you had a lot of fun with this game, and I, I had a lot of fun just watching you be a star at the game. Congratulations. You are an exemplar to all the rest of us. I would say the rest of the investor world, I will pit anybody on Wall Street or Main Street against my guy, Aaron Bush, when it comes to knowing your market caps. Well, I appreciate that. And thanks for having me, David. All right. Well, next week, it is our mailbag. So, I mentioned just minutes ago, rbi at fool.com is our email address. You can also tweet at us, at RBI Podcast. We take those in. It usually equals about 20 pages or so of notes and questions, and I read through them all and try to figure out what are the best ones, the most interesting ones to feature. That's what I'll be doing next week on the show. And then, starting October, yeah, I think it's about that time, Pet Peeves. I'm feeling a Pet Peeves Volume 4 podcast coming back. I try to do this once or twice a year. I've seen some recent stuff, which I think qualifies, maybe not just as my pet peeve, but perhaps yours as well. I also want to mention that I enjoy hearing your pet peeve, so it's just two weeks ahead of our pet peeve show. If you have a pet peeve you'd like to explain to us in the world, and send it our way, rbi at fool.com. So, those are the next two weeks in this podcast, but they can't possibly be as good as this week was. Thanks again to Aaron Bush and to my producer, Rick Engdahl, as always, for all the extra sound effects. And boy, that that doink sound is just going to stick with me throughout the week. In fact, I know the way that it would really most likely stick with me and remind me of greatness is if we just close the show by hitting it five times in a row to celebrate Aaron Bush. As always, people on this program may have interest in the stocks they talk about. And The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. Learn more about Rule Breaker Investing at rbi.fool.com.